you've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leah's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Mysticism. I am Leah Grant, and I am joined today by Verdaluz. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did, Verdaluz. Verdaluz. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to have you here today. Would you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, um, yeah, I guess professionally, I'm a life and business coach. I help entrepreneurs, families, couples, and individuals um, grow their businesses and connect deeper with their souls through astrology and human design and numerology, as well as shamanic work, regression therapy, breath work, and ceremonial work. I'm also a musician and compose in a number of genres with uh, classical guitar and, and uh, ambient music for sound healing and meditation. And I do a lot of uh, visual work with photography as well. So I got my hands in a, a, a lot of different areas. So, yeah. You're playing in your multidimensionality. That's the That's beauty it. of it, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe we'll have a chance to talk about that. I just recently learned about a, a concept called soul layering. And Ooh. I really was resonant with what I learned about that. So that, that could be interesting. To, to discuss for a bit today. Well, that today or possibly at Spiritually Architect the Future. Absolutely, yeah. Where you are going to be one of our divine presenters at the event taking place on March 24th and 25th in 2022. Fantastic. Awesome. So let's kind of just dive in. When was your first supernatural, paranormal, or galactic experience? Well, um, you know, I, I would say that synchronicity uh, is, is the word I would use to describe kind of all of those, right? Like meaningful coincidence that is an awakening, is a, a prime back of the veil and um, an opening to the multidimensionality of existence. Um, and there's been a, so many of those in my life, but the the first one, um, the first experience that I had was when I was 17, and um, I, I was on a retreat um, in high school for senior year, and it happened to be called Kairos, which you may know the audience does, is a word that means sort of the auspicious moment or the opportune moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first night I was there, I started getting these stabbing pains in my chest, like like I was being stabbed again and again and again, right after dinner. And I couldn't catch my breath. It was like the wind getting knocked out of me again and again and again. So the, the pain and, and the, the wind getting knocked out, it was extremely intense. And um, I felt like I was getting pretty close to death. You, if you can't breathe and you're in that kind of pain. Um, I happened to go to a Jesuit high school. So I had some priests around me and um, 
I was kind of like laying in bed, kind of feeling like the last rites were going to be given to me. If you know that that's the last sacrament in, uh, in Catholicism. And, um, uh, yeah. So I, I remember just being on this edge and praying and, um, the, the ambulance came and they, they actually took my, my oxygen levels and said I was fine. Uh, I couldn't breathe. So I, I got taken to the hospital and they were giving me oxygen and they did some x-rays and discovered that in, uh, you know, in that moment, I had collapsed my my right lung. Wow! Um, spontaneously, it's called a spontaneous pneumothorax. Uh, happens to one in every say two hundred fifty thousand, usually males uh, between about seventeen and thirty years old. And uh, I was in the hospital for about ten days, and um, because of that experience, um, I had every person I knew and. Uh, you know, friends and, and partners and previous partners and all my family come and visit me. And it was this outpouring of love and compassion. And it was such a gift, even though I was, you know, very young and, and, you know, kind of just in sort of shock with everything going on. I had a tube inside of my lung draining fluid for 10 days and the lung sometimes repairs itself. Um, and we don't even know it collapses. Um, but, but this time it didn't happen. So I was very lucky because I had a new surgery at the time uh, with a doctor who had kind of developed this and it was laparoscopic. So it involved the cameras and we were able to staple my lung back together. So uh, it wouldn't happen on its own again. So that moment, you know, Kairos, the auspicious moment, this is actually the seed of my, my second book, which is about Chiron, the wounded healer. <laughs> and I really felt in that moment that my a lot of my spirit guides and my work, my soul work came into me, which is, um, you know, I'm a Gemini rising in astrology and Gemini is the messenger, the, this, the spirit of communication. And, um, and I, I work with the boat bird totems quite a bit. So um, I felt in that moment, the first bird totem that came to me was the crane that I worked mm -hmm. with for a number of years. And then it's really over the last, you know, about 15 years become, become very strongly aligned with the owl as well as the hawk, uh, the spirit of Horus, very strong, and Athena. But um, I perform as Celestial. I felt like in that moment, these energies were entering me. But it got deeper. <laughs> this, the, the day, the day uh, after Christmas, so this was in November, day after Christmas that year, six weeks later, I went for my checkup. And I was in the doctor's office, and I'd already gotten an x-ray. And... I started to feel the same pain in my chest, like, but it was coming from the backside. So like getting stabbed in the back, couldn't catch the breath, it's the same feeling, it's very distinct. And the doctor came in and I, I was like mouthing to him, I think it's happening again, you know? And, um, and he was like already telling me that everything looked good in the x-ray and, you know, we should, uh, you know, everything was going in according to plan. And as soon as I said that, he said, go get another x-ray. And literally, I'd just gotten one. I came back into the doctor's office. He looked at the new x-ray. My other lung collapsed. Wow. While I was in the doctor's office. And that was the first moment of synchronicity in my life, where it, it was too, too crazy, like too weird. And um, it was fortunate because then we basically, I went to the hospital right away. We knew the other lung had collapsed because it was weaker and had, you know, had to compensate for the previous one. And that can typically happen when you collapse one lung, the other will 
mm. you know, often be weaker and collapse. So, um, I, you know, I was in the hospital again, not as long, but, um, it was, um, you know, very striking at, at the age of 17 to have, you know, both of my lungs collapse and symbolically, um, you know, uh, as I studied shamanism more, I realized that this was like a shamanic initiation and, and again, with the, the totem spirits coming in and that this, um, would probably have been like, because I survived, like a, a sign to my, my culture, my, my, my village, my tradition, that I would be chosen as a, as a shaman of the community. And um, I realized that in my mid-20s as I started studying the Mayan calendar, which also brought a lot of synchronicities in my life and brought me into the role of an astrologer. But um, I started to, to realize that this, you know, um, the, the work I started to do with, with entheogens or psychedelics and uh, Qigong and breath work was all part of this shamanic path. And, and again, the breath and um, working with, with medicines that, that I inhale and help other people through um, was part of this path. And it came to uh, early experience of collapsing my lungs. So um, that, was, that was pretty strong, you know, and um, uh, there's, there's others. Uh, but Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. it also sounds like, you know, with the breath as chi, right? It's our life force. And right. so to have that life force like taken away, given back, then start to be taken away again, it's almost like this sort of like, hey, are you listening? Yeah. yeah. And the value of life, the value of that breath. Yeah, and it, it almost feels like, you know, um, like I lived fairly sheltered and fairly easy upbringing and um, middle class America. And, but, uh, you know, after that kind of experience, um, it was a definite wake up call, you know, and it, it, it took me on my path of, of saying, you know, yes to life, seizing the day and um, now traveling and living in, you know, 44 countries and, you um, you know, doing things that uh, I've done a lot of like extreme sports and jumped out of planes and or gondolas and, you know, bungee jumped and <laughs> diving a lot and done things that actually like if I hadn't had that surgery, like I couldn't do like just five years before if that had happened, I wouldn't have been able to go dive, scuba diving or, you know, do some of the things that I've done now. And I took it as a kind of life is precious. And so... Right. Um, yeah, it was it was really a gift, and that's part of why I, I wrote my second book. Was it's a little bit about that, but it's uh, about we all have these these um, these wounds or these experiences that that could be victimizing on one level if we perceive it that way, mm -hmm. or we could perceive it as the higher gift, the higher service, the higher calling, and uh, and 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 use it to support the the planet and and step into our sacred work. Right. And now the name of that second book again was? Uh, it's called Aquarius Dawns, um, The Shamanic Artist and the Rise of the Wounded Healer. Okay. So that's a different one than the one you mentioned earlier. Uh, no, this is, well, this is the second book. The first book is called Codex of the Soul, um, Astrology Archetypes in Your Sacred Blueprint, which is, they're both on Amazon. Um, but yeah, I have those two books. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So you, you mentioned at the end of your other story that you have many more stories. So what would you consider 
the most impactful or kind of extraordinary supernatural, paranormal, or kind of galactic experience that you've had? Uh, well, it's, it's difficult to, um, to rate them. I mean, this, this experience, you know, these two are, I wouldn't call them galactic, but, but, you know, in terms of the power in my life, um, and, and <clears throat> travel has been very important for me in the synchronicities mm-hmm. involved in travel, but I have worked a lot with, uh, you know, various plant medicines and, and I, I work with DMT, uh, both NNDMT and 5-MeO-DMT. I've worked with the mushroom quite a bit. And there uh, have been a number of experiences with those medicines where I've definitely been with uh, other species, um, you know, um, other star systems. I've, I've traveled very much multidimensionally. And um, it's quite ineffable. You know, it's quite difficult to, to talk much about them. But um, I have... You know, I, I, I do have a, a very strong connection. Um, yeah, I, I can share this story. Um, it's quite, quite life-changing. Um, in 2012, I was um, finishing my, my second book. And um, at that time, I was doing a lot of work with the mushroom. And, and on that ceremony, I would often channel. And I worked very deeply, and, and I still do, with the spirit of Quetzalcoatl or Kuku Khan, the feathered serpent, which I have on my arm tattooed. Uh, I was praying about where I was going to be for the end of the Mayan calendar. And this is very important to me because the Mayans and uh, an early trip to Guatemala and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors actually took me on the path of becoming an astrologer. So I had considered going to Chichen Itza, which is the temple dedicated to the feathered serpent, Kuku Khan, um, for this big celebration. But I was also considering going to Egypt. And I was um, really working deeply with, with Quetzalcoatl. And um, I, I mean, the first times that this was happening that, that year was, these were pretty strong. Um, you know, like the, the, the sound of, of Quetzalcoatl would come through my, my voice. And uh, then I would know that, that that energy was starting to come through. And um, and there was a, a you know very direct message about going to Chichen Itza, mm-hmm. and um, what we did was we went on a ceremony. Uh, we went ceremonially with the, there was a group of uh, maybe 150, 200 people that were there to, to celebrate the end of the calendar, the beginning, and mm-hmm. there was workshops, festival. But we got up very early in the morning so we could meet right on the moment of the solstice, winter solstice. And we all walked with white on and candles in our hand. We entered the temples and uh, prayed at the pyramids. It was a beautiful, exquisite celebration. And then I walked over to under the um, astronomical observatory um, there, uh, you know, the, the, the ancient observatory. And I met another astrologer there um, named Carmen. So we're talking under the astronomical observatory. And then... Uh, He's with this this girl, and uh, and and she and I hug each other. She's like, "Oh wow, I, I, I just saw I just saw these rainbows," and uh, and and you know, I was like smiling, and she's like, "It could also be because I'm on acid." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
and we ended up hanging out the three of us you know all day but it was right under the astronomical observatory end of the calendar my you know 2020 12 21 2012 and um she became an extremely important partner in my life and um we did a hand fasting ceremony we lived together for a year and three months our family's really connected it was a very very significant passage in my life and um you know the message was from Quetzalcoatl to go there and go to the pyramid and it was on that day and it was a, a really you know beautiful i would say quite galactic moment um you know and then um yeah just uh yeah i i, I again on, on various medicines i've i've been with you know different different um inter intergalactic beings interdimensional beings um yeah, I often distinguish the sort of supernatural with kind of what you're talking about, the shamanic events, those types of things. The paranormal is more kind of the ghosts and, you know, having things move in your in your area, the ele- working with the elementals. Definitely. And well, the galactics are when we actually do that connection with, mm-hmm. I would say, the starseed families, which I know you're doing some work with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so what would you like me to? Do you have a story of connecting with your star family that you'd like to share? Well, it's funny because, um, I don't have it right in front of me, but I do have, um, my, my first book, I, I did a uh, self-publishing and then it got picked up by a publisher, but the, the, the company or the cover, I made the cover and it's the Pleiades, but I turned the Pleiades this vertical way, which we don't often see it. And then the sh- I aligned it with the chakra system. And um, as soon as I first learned about the Palladian teachings, like some of the early, like Barbara Marciniak work and Barbara Hand Clow, like I really felt like I was from there. Just the love vibration, the heart vibration, the creative energies, and um, and so you know I've I've worked with the Palladian energies quite a bit in my life, and uh, I continue to very strongly right now, and. Um, I just, I moved to Taos, New Mexico recently, and I, I just had this experience uh, the first week here being out under the stars and praying with the Pleiades and with Sirius, the, the two kind of systems I feel most strongly aligned with. And um, I've seen multiple craft and, and uh, flying, uh, shooting stars, like in my prayers, mm-hmm. um, asking for guidance. And I, I've definitely seen numbers of craft in my life. Um, mm-hmm different places um guatemala asheville here many places um have they all looked the same no i mean i've i I, i've seen more like hoverings you know and then like disappearances Mm -hmm. not as many like balls of light necessarily but i have seen that once before i I feel, yeah, I feel there's, it's a remembrance. It's a, it's a, it's a reconnection, like kin, kindred, you know, re-kindred mm-hmm. connection. Um, it's a, it's a like, yeah, stay, stay focused, stay present, um, keep the vibration high. I guess, you know, this is quite important. The, the thing that I've experienced most in my life that's paranormal and uh, quite intense, and I still experience it to this day, is um, sleep paralysis. And um, since I was about 19, I've, uh, I've, I've experienced sleep paralysis. And so um, 
Can you share for anybody listening that that may not know what that is? For sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's when you kind of wake up, but you're not fully awake. You, You can't move your body, but you're aware of the environment you're in. And often there is a sense of either a presence there, you know, some people have a visual presence. Some people have a tactile. Some people have an audio. I'm often in an audio space. I'm quite clairaudient and I, I make a lot of music. So it, it makes a lot of sense. I have definitely also had the others. I've had a, one kind of visual, dark, kind of blobbish type of energy, but I felt the energy a lot more. Like I've, I've been in that paralysis state and I could feel this dark presence here and I was pushing the energy down with my hand, but I, my hand wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I mean, when I was in my 1920, I, I could, I could have all kinds of sensation and I could be touching my, my own body, not, not, and I'm seeing that I'm not moving my body, but I'm feeling that I'm touching my body. Right. And, um, and so I, I've kind of tuned that into being in the astral body um, and being on the astral cord. But I would say that this has been one of the most metaphysically challenging uh, experiences for me because um, I've mostly felt these uh, energies to be quite dark mm-hmm. and invasive and to the point where like I've had like laser surgery going on in my like my neck mm-hmm. which happens to be the area where I hold a lot of tension and pain and probably past life wounding as well that, that I've processed mm-hmm. so um, so yeah, I, I you know, and and I've I've done a, a various tactics during that, and this might be helpful for people you know listening because a lot of people do experience this. They don't talk about it or they don't know a reference for it. But it's it's I've studied it a lot. It's it's there is a book on it now. It came out about ten years ago. It's cross cultural. It's cross historical. In indigenous cultures, they talk about this spirit. Like in Brazil, they talk about this. In in England in the eighteen hundreds, it was called the Hag phenomena where there was a hag on your chest and you can feel this presence pushing you down. And I, I felt that. Mm. Um, so these could be earthbound spirits, spirits that never left the earth plane, right? They got so attached to their physical body. And my first uh, past life regression teacher, she worked very deeply with earthbound spirits. So I, I learned, uh, you know, quite a, a bit about them through her. Uh, but what I've done in that space is, a few things is, uh, you know, if I feel that presence, I, I, I've gone the whole gamut of like, I don't allow this, you know, like very like declaring boundaries and then still there's nothing I can do um, to like, who are you? What do you want? Like, I, I am coming from peace. I'm coming from love. I'm sending you love. I've sent them on their way. I've tried to liberate. Do you get them. answers when you ask those questions? No, no. And, um, and that's, what's always been frustrating because I've always felt like if it was a benevolent energy, then, um, then, then, then there would be some kind of response Mm -hmm. and there wouldn't be like the sense of invasion. Now, this is kind of interesting because from the research I've done and probably you, you and some listeners as well, like this is quite similar, right? To a lot of abduction types of experiences, especially with some stories of the grays or the Zeta reticulis. Now, the more you study that, that civilization, you kind of learned that, that their history was kind of, uh, you know, um, becoming so advanced technologically 
um, that they basically supplanted their emotional bodies, you know, for they, they kind of gave that up in the, in the quest for like intellectual uh, superiority, you could say, or right. yeah. And so similar to potentially what would happen to us if we plugged into Neuralink. <laughs> could be right. Like, and, and it's happening because the next generation is having a lot of problems with their emotional body. They, they can't even ask people out or break up a lot of times, like in person anymore, they have to do it through text messaging. Mm-hmm. Right. And you see things like with TikTok and some of the media now that is, um, really unfortunately like and there's some good things too but like it's 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 harming a lot of the the inner soul and the the sort of sensitive tender parts of the next generations and and so we are in that path right and and kids are, are being raised on the computers and the tech and the phones so we have to be very careful right now i talk about this in relation to the shadow of the aquarian age that's coming in here now you know that the, the over technologization of everything um but, but as I've sat with that more, I've kind of felt like, okay, maybe, maybe that is some, you know, experimentation with those beings and, and me, maybe, maybe they're actually gifting me something and they have no way of, of, of showing that as a gift. I don't know. Or communicating um, with you what they're doing. Or, or it's a test that, uh, you know, because it's always in that moment, can I just surrender? Because I literally can't do anything. Right, I, I can't, and what a what a great lesson, right? Or maybe it, maybe it's a different civilization, and it could be the Pleiades or, or Syrians, but they're um, seeing, you know, what my fear response is. You know, I don't feel that, but so so that's been the great lesson for me, and that experience is about surrender, um, at, you know, and that what I if I do feel myself paralyzed, like I kind of you know, wake into that semi state, I try to turn it into a conscious lucid dream. So I'll try to fly or I'll, I'll try to, you know, just travel in that space. And uh, just, this just happened again last week. It happens quite frequently for me. Like, so how long might one of these sleep paralysis sessions last? Well, how, how to know, right? Uh, but, oh, but sure. about five minutes, um, 10, maybe, Maybe, no, not five minutes. I'd say very, maybe a couple minutes. Okay. Maybe like- I've had two, I've had two of those experiences in my life, but that was it. Oh, okay. And, and it was interesting because I knew of it because I have friends who've experienced it like you, but for me, it only happened twice. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was anything in particular that I did besides acknowledge what it was in the moment and go, Hmm, this is interesting. Okay. I can't move. I'd like to move. <laughs> and yeah, well, I mean, imagine that I'm 43 and this has been happening since I was 19. Yeah. So I'll share another thing that it's all sleep related for me. Uh, if, if it's okay. Um, Please, yes. it's, yeah, I would call this very paranormal and, uh, there's actually three experiences and for me it's all sleep related and um as an astrologer i've I've studied this a lot too because i i do have a lot of planets in the 12th house which is the realm of sleep uh, inner work meditation um, dreams it's the house that was basically um they call it like in the ancient world the house of the womb like it's right before when you were born and so it kind of is that collective unconscious that 
seeds through you, past lives, a lot of, a lot of, you know, more mystical, mystifying energies in the 12th house. So my sun is living there, my life force and my ruling planet, Mercury, and, uh, which is also communication. Mercury is also the shaman or the psychopomp. So, and then I have Chiron there, which is the wounded healer. So there's a lot of energy that points to this being where I would, you know, uh, get a lot of transmission or, you know, connection to the spirit world consistently in my life. So, um, every night, and this again has been since again, around that college time, 1920, um, I wake up after 10 minutes, I go to sleep and I, I basically wake up between somewhere between seven to 12 minutes every night. Hmm. The only time this might not happen, it might be if like I've gone to bed super, super late or there's, you know. I've, and what happens then after you wake up after those? I have to fall back asleep again. And mm -hmm. usually I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll take a longer time to fall asleep. You know, it, it's, I've probably lost months and months of my life, like in that, you know, time of like just trying mm -hmm. to fall back asleep. Um, but this is, I'm dreaming right away. That doesn't happen. Like, Right. Dreaming happens much later in our in our sleep process. Yeah, because it's dreaming. part of the REM cycle, and it usually takes I think what is it two to four hours to get into REM sleep. Right. So so I, I it's it's very difficult now for me, but but I have sometimes remembered those dreams, but I'm definitely dreaming, um, and it, it it feels like it often feels like very re like relieving in that moment. Like, like, oh, it feels so good to like drop into that sleep in that moment. But like, I know that I'm always dreaming right immediately. Huh. So, and that would be the moment when the, the paralysis would happen. Okay. So it's, it's usually like, let's say 90% of the time going to happen right in that first falling asleep. Also, if I take a nap, that's, that's a very higher, much higher probability of, of the sleep paralysis. Um, so, you know, that I've seen that very consistently. Um, and then, so, so there's those two. And then part three of the sleep paranormal realms would be, um, this, this hasn't, well, this did happen recently, a couple of weeks ago. This is a little bit more rare, but at least maybe once a month. So I will, I will go to sleep and, um, and all of a sudden I will, I will, I will kind of wake or like startle awake with the sense of having the driest throat that you could ever imagine. Like imagine not drinking for two weeks in the desert, like parched, like I, and the thought is like, I'm going to die. Wow. I, I cannot get, and, and I drink water. Like I have water with me all the time and I have it always before bed. So I, I will, I will have just had water. And so I will get, and I've, I've literally like pulled myself out of sleep to like save my life. That's what it feels like to like get water in that well, moment. What do you think is happening in that? Well, that one's been extremely challenging. And, um, I, the only thing that I've gotten so far is, is, is around other lifetimes. Mm. And, you know, I mean, we could wax very deeply about this for a long time, you know, is it past, is it future, is it parallel, you know, um, and I think there's all of them happening. Uh, but, uh, but, but I definitely have lifetimes in the desert 
definitely in Egypt, definitely Northern Africa, um, Spain, but like Islamic empire was part of my soul. So I've processed this life where I was carrying some kind of message and literally through like a scroll and I was traveling across the desert and, um, I've also been to Turkey and the Silk Road, like that whole thing is very much in me. So, um, but the idea of like, I'm carrying this thing, I'm, I'm alone, mm. I'm young. And, but it's like a very important message that I'm supposed to deliver. Mm. And, um, which could potentially be symbolic as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And this is something I felt very strong before my first book came out. I mean, that book, was written very quickly and definitely if you read it, it's like transcribed, you know, I, that's what I say, like not channeled, but like mm -hmm. it was with me for lifetimes. So, um, so I'm whole, you know, what I've sat with is like, and maybe this was like pre-Islamic empire, but it was like probably in these much more wild lands, you know, anything goes and um, yeah, like I'm guarding this, and I'm supposed to stay up like at night, like, because of course, like there's thieves and like raiders and all this stuff. And, um, and I'm just so tired from my travels and from everything that I'm going through. And I like, I like, I fall asleep. Right. And I'm right in that in between liminal hypnagogia zone, which is when this thing happens. And sure enough, I'm stabbed. And I gasp like this into the uh, desert air. Right. I can't catch my breath, which is my lung collapse. Right, right. right. So it's all ties back together. And then the thought is, I, I failed my mission. I didn't deliver the message. And I'm dying with that thought. Mm -hmm. And that's been something I've worked with in my, uh, you know, my regression work and shamanic work and um yeah because i can feel how strong that cord is to your commitment to the mission and then the failure of it it's like you are still carrying that piece of i don't want to call it guilt because it has a different vibration than that but there's definitely like a, a kernel of something that's like within your soul um matrix Yes. That has not released that. And I don't know that it can actually be released on like the physical plane. Yeah. That's just my sense of it. Just something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love, you know, um, I'm, I'm seeking more of that insight right now with, with uh, a lot of my teachings that I'm, I'm trying to work with and bring through around connection, connecting with our multidimensional nature. That's the new program, mm -hmm. the Starseed program coming up and, you know, connecting with our, it's a interdimensional or intergalactic DNA, Palladian, Syrian, mm -hmm. you know, Arcturian, whatever it may be, but actually also connecting with these deeper storylines that, that live within us um, and how the stars and the position of the stars when we were born, there's stories there, there's stories, there's mythologies, there's cultural um weavings in those i love stories. that stories yeah yeah storytelling i mean that's that's what i love doing with, with clients with the fixed star charts because what we're doing in astrology is a lot of times it's really just planetology so we're just working mm -hmm. with the planets 
that travel on the sun's path, which is called the ecliptic. But we have an entire sky. And for most of the history of the world, you know, we've, we worked with the whole sky because we looked at the whole sky. Mm-hmm. Now, today you can do astrology and never look at the sky, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 but you couldn't be a, a sage, shaman, seer, stargazer, and uh, ancient astrologer and, and not be looking at the entire sky. And you would, you would have a visual experience of a star rising and a planet setting or that kind of relationship between the highest point in the sky and what was rising or setting. And the Egyptians would say that the, the stars that were rising or setting before the sun were extremely significant and they were related to a God's passage either down from the upper worlds to connect with humanity and communicate with humanity or a God who had died, gone under the, the, the visual plane of the earth and then was resurrected after a few days or a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And that moment of resurrection was a God being reborn. Now, this is where we get the entire Christian mythos. It is fascinating you say that because there is another astrologer who talks about this and, you know, says if you go back and look at some of the actual older paintings of, you know, baby Jesus, there's crafts in the background and that the son of God is not like wasn't a person. It was the son. Yes, absolutely. And um, we see that, of course, in, in all the traditions that the, you know, the, the sun is um, is always this this god, but but its its story is its cartography is mapped into the wheel of the year, and this mm-hmm. is the this is the sacredness behind what you know uh, we call astrotheology, which is basically like the study of like how the stars and planets, sun and moon, and are all like have been sort of like the voice of God, the voice of the divine. Um, for um, for millennia across cultures, and, and the the oldest and most universal religion, if we want to call it that, is astrology. It's astrotheology. Yeah, and I know a lot of religions would would take offense to that. But Say, look at the symbol for Islam. Right? Look at the symbol for Islam. It's the it's the moon and the star. Mm-hmm. And and there's quotes throughout the Quran. There's quotes throughout the Bible. The Genesis is filled with quotes. Uh, God gave the signs in the heavens and the firmaments mm-hmm. for man and the sun and the moon and the, 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 the rhythms of the sun and the moon to guide man. It's, lit- it's literally astrology. The book of Job speaks about binding the Pleiades and, and Orion. So, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's all there, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be teaching about that uh, in, in this training, but also in the upcoming uh, class. And it's my favorite topic, right, is how all of that, um, because I was raised Christian. And then I learned, you know, like um, all of how all of these symbols of, of Christ's life and the, 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 the holidays, the holy days and, you know, the idea of the sun dying and being reborn after three days, which is exactly what happens, right? At the winter solstice, the sun stops moving, goes into the tomb, and then after three days begins rising again towards, you know, towards uh, towards the, the, the summer solstice. Right, so, which is interestingly enough, that's like the 21st is the winter solstice. And then you've got, you know, Jesus's birthday on the 25th, which would be four days, but... yeah. 
but it was it was never that before it, like it, it was that because of mithras mm. who was the most popular roman deity at the time who was a solar god mithraism was all about um it was actually an astral religion and the initiates would go through planetary initiations in these caves we have mithraeum these caves all over the ancient world they're in germany they're in greece they're in rome or you know in italy um so the, it was the major religion of the roman soldiers and yeah, so you have so much amazing knowledge i've been to several of your classes and and i always always love it which was one of the reasons i wanted to bring you in for this audience as well as for the spiritually architect the future audience so on Spiritually Architect the Future, you're going to be talking about constellation is your topic. And so you're going to share with us the what's going on with the stars and the planets right now and how that's influencing all of the events that we're seeing in the world today. Yeah, definitely. And and how each of us, you know, can can embody our our star codes, our soul codes, you know, and that's the gift of um you know astrology it's a gift of, of numerology it's the gift of human design um what i love about these these tools these three are the ones that i work with the deepest is that they're 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 um you know, they're all about that moment when your soul first took its breath that interface of you know the multi-dimensionality into the third dimensional plane and that's a very significant thing, that moment, that date, time, place you were born, that's a very intentional decision in the soul, right? Um, so it's a little bit different than some other systems, which may be very reflective, but mm -hmm. systems where you take like quizzes online or you fill things out, your conscious self is very involved mm -hmm. in that. And one day to the next, you might have different responses. But when your soul was born, in that moment, you know, that you can't argue with that in some way, or you can't change that. And so I love working with those tools. Um, and I've just seen so much, you know, beautiful reflection with them over the years. And also as a traveler, locational astrology is something that I'm extremely passionate about and feel um, that the world also really wants to know and, and integrate into their life that you your soul interfaces with different, you know, vortexes and places on the earth. In different ways and we have tools to show you your particular power places it might not be like the pyramids of giza for you right of course they're strong yeah, and that's the astro locality where like yeah. the perfect place is like somewhere in the middle of the very top of canada which is nowhere i'd want to be or live <laughs> well no. no i mean perfect place like there's always like the better places for different intentions and we've probably all felt that right if we've lived anywhere else when we were born or when we traveled somewhere and you know just felt a certain energy and it might be somewhere you don't expect and that's happened for me a lot in places like in central europe where I've, it was one of my power spots in the balkans i was there this last year and done a lot of teaching and music and things there and you know it wasn't the first place i would think so yeah. I, I love helping people see that there is a a constellation on the earth of, of places that can really support you growing to your soul's capacity or activating certain DNA in you, certain codes in you that where you are right now may not be doing for you. 
I feel that very strongly right now. If somebody wants to do like a reading with you, where would they go? Um, so I have uh, the site divine-timing-coaching.com, divine-timing-coaching.com. And um, there's a number of readings listed there. Um, my webinar classes, uh, trainings I've done are there as well. And the new training, uh, Starseed, is going to be there. And um, yeah, so that would be. You want to share a little bit about Starseed? Yeah, um, it's, it's being completed, built out right now. And I'm very excited. This is, this is a program that I feel has been, um, it's really been told to me from my, my, my star family that this is very important to do um, and offer at this time. Um, one of the reasons I'm offering it is because uh, Jupiter and Neptune are coming together in Pisces in April. Uh, they're getting closer and closer. This is a transit that happens about every 13 years, uh, but not in Pisces, not um, in, the, in the sign of mystical union, mm. of, uh, of spiritual you know, opening and this can be such a powerful transit for connecting with our celestial families and for unifying the grid on the planet as well. So um, the, the program is going to be uh, likely done in a number of, of uh, activations. So what we want to do is have, um, for instance, we will start with uh, Orion and, uh, and we'll have two classes dedicated to the Orion activation and then we'll move to the Palladian activation. Mm -hmm. And there, there will be a class that's dedicated more to some of the teachings around that star system. But these teachings will come from various uh, pathways. So there'll be mythology, cross-cultural, also indigenous wisdom about that star system or star. Um, then there'll be actual astronomy associated with it. So with Orion, we'll be talking about the nebula because there's many nebula there, including uh, the Orion Nebula, where the Mayans say that we actually came from. And so we'll learn about the nebula and the majesty of that. So there'll be some astronomical components. In other classes, they'll be uh, learning about the spectra of stars, like the different brightness and how that can actually reflect, if we want to anthropomorphize stars, some of the kind of personality of these stars, or like the medicine or the teaching of the stars, based on their brightness, based on their age. And this is some really fascinating territory to play with. Then what we're going to do is have a class very dedicated to experiential processes. So mm -hmm. we'll be doing meditations, we'll be doing activations, we'll be doing Qigong and dance, um, doing breath work and writing exercises to open our own channels and actually you know, connect with that star system, that star family, and allow that medicine now to come through like what what can each one of us receive and then offer that to our communities to our tribe to the world right now because they're waiting for us like they're waiting for us to to just create the space and time to to be received you know um yeah so i that, feel that yeah i definitely feel that I've gotten messages recently about being a galactic ambassador and kind of seeing that sense of connecting, you know, the stars to the, to the earth and the beings kind of coming back and forth. And I don't know exactly how that's going to play out, but it's like the seed has been being planted over and over lately. Yeah. And your program sounds so deep and so rich. Um, I'm thinking that, is that, 
at the same place that you just gave us or is there somewhere else people would go to yes, find that? It's at the same place. And okay, great. It'll be listed under the webinar workshops category. Um, it's um, the homepage is actually about an archetypal business academy that I facilitate. So that's coaching using astrology and human design and these tools. Um, and then this will be another page there. We're also going to look at the, the fixed star astrology so the, you know, that you can learn how these different stars and the systems are in your own chart. And you may have one of these stars rising or setting and it's very significant for you. So we're going to get into how you can implement the whole sky into your, you know, into your wisdom and your, your medicine here. So I'm just uh, very excited about this offer right now. And it's a, uh, that yeah, sounds extraordinary. Inspiring, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of, in, you know, as we wrap up here, is there any message that you would have for someone who maybe doesn't have somebody to talk to about the experiences that they're going through? You know, maybe it is the sleep paralysis. Maybe it's something else. What would you say to them? The first thing is... Uh, allow it to be a creative process for you. So maybe it can come through music. Maybe it can come through dance, painting, photography, writing. Let that experience inform some process in you that is a creative process. Um, some of the best art in the world, right, comes from this. Um, you know, so yeah, music, dance, let it channel through you in some way. And even if there's confusion in that, right? Like write about that, you know, just let it, let it come through. And then I would say, um, there's so many communities. You can start to find groups on Facebook, for instance, like the CE5 group is really great for making conscious contact. And that's even Greer's group. Yeah. 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 Um, and, um, and there's, there's star seed groups. And one of my recommendations, uh, I think it's one of the greatest consciousness um, sort of platforms right now. It's called Portal to Ascension. Mm. And there's days and weeks and months of free material on there with star families, star seeds, teachers, those who are, you know, again, just like you, like they've had these experiences, whatever paranormal or, you know, interdimensional they might be. And they're they're mapping this territory and like i was saying about the the soul layering i learned that from a teacher who who has a book about walk-ins and mm -hmm. i've been now meditating like i haven't thought about it really before in that way but i now i'm feeling like what happened to me during my lung collapse was probably some kind of walk-in and this soul overlay is when like a, a, an extra dimensional part of yourself or a larger part of your oversoul in, incarnates into your energy, but there's multiple of that happening. So wow. you have multiple kind of parallel selves incarnating. What happens with the soul overlay is that those different aspects of the soul, of the oversoul actually come front and center at different parts of different times in your life. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that. And it really reflects the Gemini rising quality in me and so that's really helping me be more um, understanding of myself because I sometimes struggle with all of the areas that I you know play with and work on in my life that it's like a little too much and 
well, maybe there's like, you know, a number of, of star system DNA going on in me that, you know. Well, there's one physical body on this right. very dense plane that is holding a spark of spirit that is infinite. Yeah. So have that. Like, yeah. So I think that once you actually realize that, like you always feel like you're about to burst, right? <laughs> I know I've had that experience where it's like I've got so much stuff and it's like, and there's so much more, but there's limits to what I can physically do, you yeah. know, because of the limits of time, space, and physicality. Well, that's why the more we open to multidimensional types of work through dance, breath work, meditation, ceremony, we can actually, we can actualize these other aspects, you know, and we can transcend the, those limitations of time and space. And that's why I think this work is going to continue to grow and why I wanted to offer this program now to see what we can do when we allow that, that density to start to, you know, shed a bit and that that is the movement to 5d that a lot of people have been talking about where we do create more of our own reality and we sort of transcend the the, the heaviness of the of the 3d and so i invite everyone to do these practices and to open and to find who you resonate with and 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 work and play with them awesome fantastic well, it has been a delight to speak with you today, to hear your stories, to hear your wisdom, and to learn about what you have going on. I want to thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, it's been an honor. I've learned a lot about myself as well, so thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And on our next episode, we will have another guest who will be sharing their adventures in mysticism with us. Until then, enjoy the unfolding and embrace the unknown. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leah, subscribe now. To step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.